Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. All right, hello everyone. Uh, so Facebook isn't playing nice with Zoom. So Jessica and I are gonna have a conversation and then we'll post it up and I'll be monitoring the comments and stuff later. So if you've got extra questions for Jessica, I can get them to you. But Jessica, do you wanna introduce yourself real quickly? Hello, well, I'm Jessica Kate and I write uh, contemporary romance that's witty and heartfelt. And I'm the author of two books so far. Um, and I have them here. They're called Love and Other Mistakes and A Girl's Guide to the Outback. And they are so fun. But people are probably <laughs> probably noticing from your accent that you're not from the United States. And yet you not. have romance that's set here. I do, yes. So um, I'm an Australian and I write for the American romance market. And so I will often have hints at least of Australia in my novels and I mean my second book is A Girl's Guide to the Art Book so that's where I bring my American heroine out to Australia um, to a, a dairy farm where she's got to try and <laughs> try and survive so that's a lot of fun but yeah I love combining the two cultures is a lot of fun. Well and you're the project you're working on right now actually is kind of that combination right can you tell us more about yes. that? Yes, so there's a group of authors. Um, I don't know if we've announced too much publicly yet, so I guess I'll have to be semi-vague, but um, there's a group of us who are planning a series. Uh, we all are writing them in the same fictional town and uh, it's set in America, but uh, we're planning for season one to have all Australian heroes. And so we have invented a, a reason why there are so many Australians living in this particular American town. There, there is a reason, it's not just coincidence. And uh, yeah, the romances will sort of interweave a bit with each other and it'll be fun to see so many things like in this shared space. It's going to be really cool. It's re it is really fun as an author to write where you're writing with other people because usually it's just you and your computer. And so it adds mm -hmm. a fun dynamic and challenge when you're trying to combine with, in your case, I think it was like, eight or nine other authors and so it'll be fun to try and keep all that straight and yet I think readers really enjoy that where there's different voices speaking into it and kind of that connection mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah I'm really looking forward to it yeah and you've got several podcasts that are mm -hmm. a lot of fun so can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about those so the one that we're working on at the moment is uh, myself and uh, American author, New York Times bestseller, Rachel Houck. Um, we have a podcast together and it's called the McLeod's Daughters Podcast because it's about a TV show, um, an Australian TV show, which played in the 2000s. And it was massive. It was an absolute phenomenon in Australia. And it's also our most successful show that we've ever exported overseas. So with streaming now, there's actually a really growing fan base for it in America and all around the world. And so Rachel and I, um, we go through it episode by episode and we just chat about, I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm. And so I kind of have the Australian and the like reality check of the farming stuff. I like to point out, you know, what's sort of realistic and what's not in the show. And then Rachel is um, like, 
part of the hilarious part for me is her being like, what did this word mean that these Australian <laughs> characters said? Like, so we do a little bit of translation for our American audience and also just both being romance authors. We just love to sort of analyse the show and, like, make predictions about who's ending up with who. And being, like, having lived here, I didn't watch it when it came out, um, but I just from everybody talk about it so much, I have a vague awareness of the major events that happen in the show. And it's so fun. And we've purposely kept Rachel away from a lot of the social media. I handle all the social media for the podcast so that she doesn't see too many spoilers. And so it's so oh, fun, like fun. predicting. Yeah. We're, we're always debating like which sisters ending up with which brother and different things because there's these very interesting neighbor boys who live on the farm next door in the cloud stores. I should say it's about sisters running a farm and it's very much like these these women making their way in a very male-dominated world and there's a lot of romance and drama and fun. And uh, so, yeah, like predicting what we think is going to happen but then me also knowing how right or wrong we are with it is super yeah. fun. <laughs> so had you watched the series before or is this your first time actually watching it episode by episode? It's my first time. I've, I've seen a couple of random episodes before just, you know, living in Australia when it was coming out. But, um, but yeah, we'd never, because my family were farmers, it was yeah. difficult for them to watch a TV show about it because they were like, that, not true. So yeah. I've actually been surprised going back and watching it. I'm like, it's, it's, more, it's not always 100% realistic. It is a TV show, but it's more than I expected. It's better than, better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So that's been funny. <laughs> oh, that is fun. And I can just imagine her reaction to some of it. They do what? <laughs> yeah. 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 She's very disturbed by the amount of uh, animals that unfortunately die on a farm. And, and you do see in, there's often drama happening with the animals in the clouds. And she's always like, if I see one more dead animal in this show, I am going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so is one of the brothers a vet? Because it sounds like they really need one. A vet does but play a large part in it coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So um, are there things, because I, mean, I would think it's a challenge. I've only written one book that was set in another country, but it still had an American hero and heroine. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. I can Google, you know, the locations and what it was like to live there at that time. But to get like the mannerisms and things, what's been the most challenging piece of that for you? Because I know you usually got either the hero, hero or the heroine are Aussie, but one of mm -hmm. them's American. And so what's mm -hmm. been kind of your best research technique for trying to get that right? Because you do a really good job in your books. Oh, that. thank you. I'm relieved. Having American friends is my biggest research technique. Um, so, and I mean, obviously I get... We get a bit of an advantage in that so much of our media in Australia comes from America, obviously. We're watching American movies, we're reading American books. Um, Australia is culturally tied a lot closer to America than we are to, say, Europe or even Britain. Um, and so we are familiar with a lot of things just from sort of seeing it on TV. But um, anytime, and I, I've been to America a number of times as well, so that's helped. But the hard part is those... America is so specific to different regions, like your accents are different and your sense of place is very different. Um, the culture changes. Australia is not really like that. We're quite, there's some small differences, but the accent is pretty well the same. It's really just a city accent or a country accent. And mine is edging a little more towards country. But, yeah, it's not, it doesn't really change more than that. Um, so to... 
I often have characters who've moved around the states as children because I don't want them to be like too much from one area and then people can be like oh no they would never say that I'm like no no they moved around so if I like fluff up a couple of details and that's because they had a varied childhood across the states so um and I usually pick places where um so my first book is set in Charlottesville and my critique partner at the time had lived in Charlottesville for a lot of years and so I mean Google Street View is amazing as well I virtually could walk down the streets and see what it looks like but I do have to say my second book was a lot easier because it, it starts in the states but then I bring them not only out to a familiar area but it's the farm I describe in the book is a farm I lived on as a kid. And so I was just able to, it was fun giving it such a sense of place. I could do that in a way that I couldn't so much. Um, so the project I'm working on now is an American small town, but I'm um, really working on giving it, I do, I do know small towns. While I might not know detailed areas of America really specifically, I grew up in a very small town. It was very rural. And so I get what the vibe is like. And so I'm trying to sort of really focus on that in bringing out the sense of place. And then I'll ask a bunch of, if anybody lives in Washington State, please email me. I need your help. Yeah. And readers are so great for that. They're so great at being like, oh, let me tell you about this. Or let me send you this map. Yes. Or let me yes. this for you or take photos of a, you know, what a coffee shop here would look like or whatever. Um, Very much. <laughs> yeah. So it's that's one of the best part about fiction readers is they really love to kind of get involved in that. So one of the things that I noticed as I was perusing your Instagram recently is that you have just discovered Hamilton. I have. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it is. I was slow to the table partly because it's so long and partly because mm -hmm. I'm a history minor. So, you know, getting mm -hmm. the details right, I was like, I don't want to watch it and then be like, they got everything wrong. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, the music, the acting. Oh, mm -hmm. it was so good. It's kicked up a musical like series for you because now you're onto yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I've seen a few musicals in my time. I've seen a couple live going traveling into capital cities in Australia for it. And occasionally, you know, they do have the one I've just been posting about is She Loves Me, which starred Zachary Levi back in 2016. And I'm a huge Chuck fan. So anything that has Zachary Levi in it, I will watch basically. Um, and I streamed that back when it came out on Broadway HD. So now that I'm like remembering how much I've enjoyed some of those, I'm like, gee, I need to like look back into this and see if I can stream some more of these. He did another rom-com one called First Date. That's going to be my next Instagram post. And oh, that was another one. I find it fun because he often does a particular sort of rom-com type of show which I like and so it's yeah. nice knowing like so often with musicals I'm like oh I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like that but um but those ones I really have so it's nice being able to go into it and know like yeah this is gonna be my jam oh that's so fun because I know we've talked before about how like I love the classic rom-com you know kind of slapsticky movies um you love, I mean, you're kind of an expert on the rom-com. And so people who follow you on social media are going to get all kinds of, you know, here's your take on a movie and what they do well and what they don't and the tropes and things like that. How much of that inspires in your writing when you're focused on romance? Oh, yeah, it's pretty handy. <laughs> I really like, I mean, it even just makes writing easier when you're looking at plot structure. One day I 
I had binged a particularly high amount of rom-coms in a short amount of time. And uh, I really focus on sort of enemies to lovers books. And I had all the movies I'd watched recently were that. And I realised something about the way that they're structured, like the fact that um, even when it's a love-hate story, they only actually really hate each other no more than the first half of the story. And in the second half, they're going to be working on the same team with just bits of friction but less than before and that realization even I was like oh my gosh like this makes it just knowing that makes it so much easier to write it um so yeah that's really fun and yeah it definitely helps sometimes you get in your own head a little bit you're like oh I need to try and make this funny and that's like that's the best way to kill any (laughs) (laughs) it's so true it's almost better to think funny and then come back and be like oh this is actually pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah, that's that's one part where it doesn't really help me. If I think to myself, I need to try and beef up the com part of this rom-com, I think it's just not my style and it, it starts blocking me. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if I don't think about it and I focus on the romance, then a little bit just seeps in and that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I think it's one of those that with comedy, it's hard to force it because it, yeah. it feels stilted versus mm-hmm. you all kind of laugh out loud. And I know there are people who can I don't know, I can playing out jokes for forever but I'm not that way if I try and I'm not necessarily a funny writer but if I try it just you know mm-hmm. but if I have a kid all of a sudden it's funny mm-hmm. you know so there's <laughs> yeah we can try and we can do um yeah because it's just it, it's always fun to see how everybody does it but there is something to analyzing movies to see what works like yeah my daughter was telling me or 12 year old uh was talking with me yesterday and one of the things we did over COVID was we binged all the Marvel movies in order because I'm like I nice. in this patchwork and I'm like there were things I wanted to see in character development and stuff she's like mom I can't believe you took notes the whole time we were watching <laughs> story structure darling characterization yes. things I can learn yes very much <laughs> did you watch WandaVision yet though Oh, heck yes. It's a thing with me and my um, boyfriend and my friends. Uh, we all go to work and we talk about, like, what happened on WandaVision or now Falcon and the Winter Soldier yes. this week. And, yeah, whenever I'm at my sister's house, we all watch it together. It's very much – it's like it's gone full circle. You used to watch television live and then yeah. that went to streaming and it was on demand all the time. But now, because we know the new episodes drop on Fridays, the time varies, but every Friday night we all sit down and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, this is nearly going all the way around. Yeah, it is. But I was just thinking like those, especially the first couple episodes where they were honoring like the Dick Van Dyke show and the Brady yes. Bunch. It was just like the Dick, Van, the Dick Van Dyke episode, the first one. I was like, they got it perfect. I mean, it was... Mm-hmm. It was so spot on for that humor in the rom-com and just that yes. sweet kind of situational humor that very much I was just so impressed with the, <laughs> the versatility of mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as well just that they were able to do all oh, these different types. nailing it yeah that was half the fun of the show yeah and then by the end not to give any spoilers it's just completely different and you're like mm. You know, the comedy is just not there anymore, but they're so, it still works. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's just really fun. So how, mm-hmm. can, how can readers connect with you? I mean, what's the book that you would recommend they start with? Are your standalones? How can readers? Look, 
fall in love with your writing. <laughs> they well, if they want a little taste test, I actually have three free short romances. If you head to my website, and um, one of them you can view there, and two you're going to sign up to my newsletter. So if they want like a little sample, then they can check those out there. They're really fun, and. Um, the, the books are standalone, but they do link together. So the um, hero and heroine from A Girl's Guide, you meet them for the first time in Love and Other Mistakes. So that's the first book and then A Girl's Guide. But really, you can like read them however you like. They still make sense and they're still a lot of fun. Yes. And I just got a 2% warning on my phone, so hopefully it lasts for another minute. <laughs> Well, you know, Facebook just was not cooperating today. So it was not. <laughs> yeah, it was not. Um, but thank you. It was fun. And I will. Thank you. Um, for those readers who haven't tried Jessica Kate yet, I just got to tell you, her books are so fun. And they really are great romance. But they do have this sweet layer of comedy and just really fun. And uh, I highly recommend them. So now you've had a chance to meet Jessica. And I encourage you to go to our website so you can try some of her shorts. They really are just these little fun stories. And then that'll give you a taste of what our books are like. So thank you so much for joining me, Jessica. It was great. Thank you so much, Cara. <laughs> and um, have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. See you later. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com, and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 